For decades, Arabs have migrated to countries across Europe. I found several hundred comments about um, burning mosques, um, shooting immigrants, shooting Muslims. Most integrate successfully, but others become marginalized. This film offers rare access inside mainly Muslim communities living in deprived areas in three different European countries. Some have been subjected to racist attacks, others have been radicalized, others still have struggled to integrate. C'est Monsieur Media qui a mis le nom que Malbec met sur place. C'est l'une des communes où tout le monde a le meilleur vivre ensemble. C'est tout, c'est pas les jeunes, certes. Euh, on a été, par exemple, fichés parce qu'on vient de Malbec. Molenbeek, in the western quarter of Brussels, is home to a large Arab community. Densely populated with some 100,000 residents, Molenbeek's social problems are indisputable. Just a 20-minute walk from the historic center of Brussels, Molenbeek is a district that attracts first and second generation immigrants. Most are Belgian citizens, and while some have done well, others are struggling to find their place. It's a largely Arab district, home to the majority of Muslims in Brussels. Many in Molenbeek see themselves as increasingly marginalized in a wealthy European capital. والتكاثر هذا لم يصاحبه سياسة في توزيع السكن بطريقة بطريقة علمية أو بطريقة إيجابية تسمح باندماج إيجابي وسلس فتكونت جتوهات حول هذه الأحياء الشعبية in 2015, the municipality gained global notoriety when it emerged that several of the perpetrators of the Paris gun and bomb attacks were from Molenbeek. Déjà avant les attentats, il y avait de la discrimination envers les Molenbeekois. Nous avons un taux de chômage des jeunes qui varie entre nos quartiers entre 30% et 50%. Donc c'est-à-dire que nous avons des quartiers où un jeune sur deux euh, n'a pas euh, d'occupation principale, soit à titre professionnel ou d'études, pendant la journée. C'est évidemment le lit de, de grandes difficultés pour ces jeunes qui ne se projettent pas dans le futur. C'est une très difficile question. Goh, Molenbeek was een probleem, uh, gemeente of stad, maar er zijn veel gemeenten en veel probleemsteden. Volgens mij is dat een beetje juist toeval dat, dat, die, dat Molenbeek dat vooruit. Dan bleek dus dat er uh, radicalisme en, en extremisme, niet alleen in Molenbeek was dat dat een probleem was, een olievlek, 
dat over de grote steden van. While clearly most people in Molenbeek live normal lives, albeit under challenging social conditions, some do not. It's not easy to explain why a small group of young men from one single municipality chose a path of violence. An unknown number left to fight with groups in Syria around 2013 and 2014. Some others were involved in the attacks on Brussels airport and on the city's underground in 2016. A survivor of the group involved in the Paris attacks was captured in Molenbeek four months after the attack in the French capital. One Belgian intelligence officer alleges that had authorities listened to a local informant, he would have been captured earlier. Ik durf wel hier heel duidelijk stellen dat uh, men Salah Abdeslam, die op 18 maart 2016 uh, is gevat door uh, de Belgische autoriteiten, vroeger had kunnen gevat worden. Dat is zeker wel wanneer men dus. The informant who helped the Belgian authorities followed Salah Abdeslam after his return to Molenbeek, but it's alleged his information was ignored. Hij, hij moet zeker gerespecteerd worden. Hij en zijn familie hebben heel veel geleden onder die feiten. Ik wil dat hier heel expliciet zeggen. Men probeert hem echt wel uh, te vernietigen, zal ik zo zeggen. Een karaktermoord te plegen. Zij zijn in zekere zin wel slachtoffer. Abdesalam's rol in een shootout met police while attempting to evade capture led to a 20-year prison sentence. Racial tensions are cited as one reason why some young people in the district are drawn to political violence. In a rare interview, a Belgian-born radical who traveled to fight abroad explains his motivation. My jeunesse, l'enfance, elle est classique pour beaucoup de Maghrébins de Bruxelles. Donc on a fait le parcours scolaire normal, maternelle, primaire, secondaire, jusqu'à avoir un diplôme. This so-called sense of self-pride led him to travel abroad to fight before returning to Belgium. L'Occident n'a pas changé, au contraire, c'est que aujourd'hui, avec le conflit qu'il y a eu, on voit un peu l'hypocrisie du monde occidental, arabe, musulman. Euh, voilà, c'est que ça n'a pas changé du tout. Aujourd'hui, on peut encore remarquer dans les médias les, 
la liberté d'expression contre les musulmans, comment tu as insulté l'islam, comment tu peux tout faire, même si nous on a le malheur de parler ou de dire quoi que ce soit. Voilà. La persécution en Chine, les Ouïghours, euh, euh, la Birmanie, la Palestine, ça change pas. The effect when a family member travels to fight abroad is immeasurable. Saleha Ben Ali is a second-generation immigrant whose parents arrived in Brussels in the 1970s. She grew up, had children of her own, and everything seemed normal. In 2014, after her son was killed in Syria, she founded the Save Belgium Foundation. It seeks to prevent children of immigrants from being lured into armed groups. Today, she urges Molenbeek parents to be watchful for warning signs. Parce que euh, je savais en fait qu'il y avait quelque chose qui, euh, qui n'allait pas dans son comportement et dans la pratique de l'islam, qui était très radical, très extrémiste. Par exemple, euh, il ne voulait plus qu'on regarde la télévision, il ne voulait plus dans la voiture que je mette la radio, il euh, tournait les cadres de photos, euh, il a abandonné tous ses amis parce qu'il disait que c'était des coffards, mais il s'est fait des, des frères dans l'islam. C'est un réseau qui est derrière euh, ce changement et le départ. Mais ils procèdent par étapes. Donc d'abord, ils vont approcher le jeune, c'était surtout les jeunes du quartier, pour expliquer un petit peu que la société belge euh, considère les musulmans, les jeunes arabes et les musulmans, comme des pestiférés, des terroristes, des handicapés. Parce que j'ai été voir la ministre de l'Intérieur à l'époque, Mme Joël Milquet, et je lui ai parlé, je lui ai fait part des départs en, en Syrie. Elle m'a dit, mais Madame Ben Ali, ça fait partie de votre communauté musulmane, vous devez régler ça entre vous. Je lui ai dit, excusez-moi, tous les enfants qui sont partis sont nés en Belgique. Ils ont grandi dans vos écoles. Il y a même des Belges qui sont partis. Ils ont commencé à s'inquiéter quand des jeunes commençaient à revenir et pouvaient, euh, pouvaient prétendre à un, une, un, un problème de sûreté nationale. Later, it emerged that a Belgian farm worker and serial protester was also a leading recruiter for ISIL. Those who knew him spoke of a charismatic man with a cartoonish personality that enthralled youngsters. In Bruxelles, he was repris by Jean-Louis Denis, a converti, a Belge converti. He is d'origine Belge, de maman et de papa. Euh, il, a, il a toujours habité à XL, une commune assez bien à Bruxelles. Et il s'est converti à l'islam en 2007. Et il avait un passé de dealer de drogue et de gigolo. Ensuite, euh, quand il s'est converti, il a tout de suite euh, répandu une espèce de street d'Awa, prêche de rue, qui, soi-disant, défendait les jeunes euh, d'origine musulmane, arabe, qui étaient, euh, qui étaient en fait non acceptés en Belgique. Et donc, il a suscité l'intérêt de ces jeunes en disant « Je suis là pour vous défendre, pour défendre vos droits et pour que vous puissiez vous exprimer. » Over several years, Jean-Louis Denis lured a number of young people into joining groups of Syrian fighters. The impact of Denis' recruitment drive was felt far beyond Belgium. Jean-Louis Denis a recruté plus d'une centaine de personnes. 
il a été accusé d'avoir recruté minimum deux mineurs, 15 et 16 ans, parce que c'est les seules preuves qu'ils avaient. Mais les nous, ce qu'on sait, parce que je, je connais tous les parents concernés par le départ de leurs enfants, il a recruté plus que deux mineurs. La première fois, il a été condamné pour 10 ans. Après, le, le procureur du roi a fait appel à la, de la condamnation parce qu'il exigeait 15 ans. Mais comme il avait des bons avocats, trois avocats, il a pu prouver qu'un certain Abou Jaber travaillait comme un dic de la police et était dans le même groupe que Jean-Louis Denis. De ce fait-là, euh, lors de, de l'appel du jugement, les avocats ont pu prouver que si Abou Jaber n'avait pas été là, Jean-Louis Denis n'aurait pas recruté. Abu Jaber, also known as Abdelkader al-Farsawi, was alleged to have had close links with Jean-Louis Denis. In court, it was claimed that Abu Jaber actively recruited young people. However, lawyers for Denis claimed Abu Jaber was a police informant, something the Belgian authorities did not deny. Denis' 10-year sentence was later reduced on appeal to a five-year term. J'ai vu, le, vu les dossiers, j'ai vu les 49. Et à chaque fois qu'il y avait le nom d'Abou Jaber, il était effacé. Et quand le président de la cour, donc le juge, a, a demandé que ce personnage vienne témoigner, c'est le procureur général fédéral de Belgique qui est venu et qui a dit, pas question, il ne témoigne, il ne va pas témoigner. Civic leaders struggle to explain why some people turn against the cities where they live. Et à un moment donné, certains de nos jeunes, mais tout comme euh, des jeunes à Marseille, euh, des jeunes à Paris, des jeunes à Madrid, des jeunes à Berlin, euh, sont euh, endoctrinés dans, dans cette idéologie avec ces pensées qui sont des pensées extrêmement violentes euh, et singulièrement vis-à-vis -vis de la société euh, dans laquelle ils vivent. Parce qu'ils peuvent voir que par rapport à, 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 toutes les, à toutes les attaques qui ont été perpétrées par des, 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 des loups solitaires, comme ils appellent, ce sont des gens qui n'ont ni jamais été en Syrie, ni entraînés, ni rien. C'est des personnes qui ont été en, euh, endoctrinées ou travaillées, ou je ne sais quoi le terme, ici, sur, à cause de, tout, de tous ces faits qu'ils vivent sur leur propre terre. Ça n'a rien à voir avec l'extérieur. الفراغ الذي لا يملأه لم تملأه المدرسة ولا يملأه المجتمع المدني بكل مكوناته المجتمع المدني جمعياته بمساجده. كنّوا بادو بروجي دافنير وكي سانت ني سور لو كوتي دلا سوسيال. ديجا افون لي زاتونتا إل يافي دلا ديسكريمناسيون انفير لي مولونبيكوا. كانت هناك جهة تعطي أجوبة عاطفية أنت حرمت من من حنين الأب أنا أبوك حرمت من تهميش اقتصادي هذا المال. حرمت من تهميج اجتماعي أنا أعطيك مجتمعا تعيش فيه بكذا كذا. أبخير شكاً دلو سوليتير سي سا كونتينيو كم سا يفون انكريه دي بيز ان بيز عبيك انكور لنوفو لنوفو سوجي كيا سور الإسلام يفون انكريه 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 سا سي سرا توجور بس سي با تو مون بيك انكور انفوا سي با تو مون كيا كوتواي سا مون بيك ستوكهولم the capital of Sweden Known internationally for its tolerance and as an advocate of human rights, 
over 100,000 people have migrated to Sweden each year since 2012. While many Swedes welcome new arrivals, there is a vocal far-right minority who believe that Sweden's Nordic culture is being irreversibly diluted. In December 2019, Expo, a Swedish anti-racism magazine, published a report into far-right underground anti-immigration groups. These groups operate online and call for Muslims in Sweden to be murdered and for arson attacks on mosques. The report found 40,000 people were members of this closed online community. Well, I, I found several hundred comments about um, burning mosques, um, shooting immigrants, shooting Muslims. Um, there were comments about uh, ethnic cleansing, like getting rid of the, the, the Muslim plague in Sweden or killing the Afghan parasites um, and that the Swedes should get weapons to, to get rid of these uh, parasites that are, that are infecting Sweden and, and things like that. Uh, the comments that really shocked me about Muslims were those about exterminating Muslims from Sweden, like cleaning Sweden from the Muslim population. Uh, people saying things like, uh, I want to uh, exterminate them or we should get rid of every Muslim. And uh, I remember one comment uh, where, where one man said that we should divide Muslims into two different columns. Uh, those who um, are religious and, and uh, practicing Muslims and those who, who are not. And the practicing, those who are practicing the religion, we should get rid of them. The Expo report was critical of the right-wing populist Sweden Democrats party, accusing it of inciting hatred against immigrants. It's a charge that the Sweden Democrats vigorously deny. They use for some individual, uh, for example, in a local chapter, who writes something horrible on Facebook, and we immediately expel that person, but then they make that something that should be representative of the whole party, and I think that's deeply unfair. It's basically the same thing as saying, yes, because one immigrant commits crime, all immigrants are criminals. That's the same logic. I did see some uh, official representatives from the Sweden Democrats in these groups. Um, I did not see them writing anything about violence or, or things like that. But it, it just goes to show, I think, that they are in these groups. They, they must have seen some at least of these comments. That, that's what I think. Uh, if you look at our party, our policies, there's nothing racist about it. It's nothing, no extremism, no far right. I would say that we are in European perspective, center right. We are not a racist party or an extremist party. That's just propaganda today, I would say. For many years, there have been people out there uh, with racist IDs, intolerant IDs, uh, when you ask them in different surveys, they will say that they don't want a Muslim as a neighbor. They don't want immigration. But they didn't vote for a far-right party. The big shift in the last uh, uh, 10 to 5 years in Swedish politics is, is that suddenly those, those voters found Sweden Demo the Sweden Democrats as their new alternative.
The far-right Nordic resistance movement says it seeks a state with authoritarian leadership. It shuns publicity, and a spokesman only agreed to be interviewed under conditions of anonymity. The main issues, oh, we have a lot of issues in Sweden. Uh, one of the biggest one is the immigration. Too much immigrants from all over the world, different, different uh, ethnicities, different cultures, everything just mixed up. Sweden's hardline anti-immigration activists became emboldened by the growth of far-right politics in the country. Some openly attacked Muslims, others stayed in the shadows. People are afraid to join us because uh, media, they write, write about us in a bad, bad way. And uh, I think uh, when we meet people in the streets, we're on the streets in every city all, all around the Nordic countries. So uh, we just have good for the people. So we're not far right. Uh, we're not capitalists. We're not Marxists. We're like in the middle, a third way to go. For Swedish Muslims, sadly enough, it's clear for them, I think, that they are described as pointed out as the big out group in Swedish society, the group who carries and symbolizes the, everything that is not welcomed here. Uh, and that is a, a, a heavy weight to carry on. Yeah, we have to stop the immigration and start send people back home. The Rinkeby district in Stockholm is largely made up of first and second generation immigrants. These locals complain that the Swedish authorities have left their suburb behind. They claim they're open to racist attacks from far-right groups in a suburb plagued with social problems. Mohammed Haji Farah is a well-respected community figure known as the Sheikh of Rinkeby. Originally from Somalia, he blames local authorities for allowing the district to become run down. <laughs> I think a lot of people that live in Rinkeby feel very detached and because, and as I mentioned before, it's because of the, uh, the services that don't exist here and the poorly school results that also uh, come out from this area. Uh, but also a lot of the projects that exist in Rinkeby are often very short-term, so there's not a long-term um, funding that exists. There عايشين ومش عارفين ليش التكسير من جهتين من الحكومة ومن الشباب فقرين وبدنيا تاس أي واحد كانت إن لو على ميسو ما دام سويدنا يتعدل أد نقال في عم أد ومعرفة كور أسرية دك اللي تا أي حافظ الطاي مركي لو فيري بفرقنا هال سويدن أما استقر وحن أركنا حق عافي ماتك حق وحبر الشدة Muslim communities living in deprived areas in several European countries say they are marginalized by state agencies and fear the growing far-right movement. 
In parts of the Swedish capital, Stockholm, many locals and community workers tell similar stories of neglect by the state. But their chief concerns are racial discrimination and threats from far-right groups. Al Jazeera sought to put these concerns to the Swedish government. The Culture and Democracy Ministry referred Al Jazeera to the Ministry of Home Affairs, who refused to comment. Similarly, Sweden's Ministry of Justice and Migration declined the opportunity to give a statement. The problems of Stockholm suburbs have festered for decades. Hassan Zatara was a young Palestinian store owner working at his small shop in the southern suburb of Hegerstensasen. In 1992, Zatara was shot in his shop by Jan Ausunias, infamously known as the Laser Man, as he carried a weapon equipped with a laser sight. Ausunias targeted immigrants, including Hassan Zatara. Zatara was paralyzed in the attack, and his speech remains impaired. كل واحد يعني عم بتسأل يمكن دوري اليوم هذا يقول له دوري كنا إحنا سهرانين مع أصدقاء لأننا في البيت فكل واحد يقول والله صار الواحد يخاف يمشي بالشارع يعني يمكن يكون دوري أنا فطخوا قبل حسن تقريبا 11 شخص يا رب يا رب يا رب يا رب كان حسن في المحل تبعه طبعا المحل في طاولة هو ورا الطاولة فدخل هو بيقول لك مولتم هو اللاسر منين فضربه في رصاص ضرب برصاصتين يعني رصاصة اللي دخلت في دماغ رأسه فهذا يعني تأثير الرصاص هذا يكسر وضعه إنه صار عنده شلل نصفي بالبداية وفقد الكلام. With the high level of hate crimes in Stockholm's immigrant suburbs, a group of Swedish Somali women decided it was time to act. Following the deaths of several boys in gang-related violence in the area, the women founded the Mothers of Rinkeby. Patrolling in small groups in all weathers, their on-the-ground presence aims to turn teenagers away from gangs and gun violence. These mothers and grandmothers, who asked not to be named, say they are changing lives for the better. Mm. 
Many in Stockholm's Arab communities feel let down by what they see as a lack of positive engagement by the Swedish authorities. They view with increasing concern the rise of the far right, the associated anti-immigration movement, racial abuse and racially motivated attacks. Al Jazeera approached the Swedish police authority, seeking its view on the alleged failure of law enforcement to adequately protect immigrant communities in Stockholm. They refuted the claim, stating, The mission of the Swedish police is to reduce crime and increase public safety, disregarding background or ethnicity. Neighboring Denmark also has a sizable Arab immigrant population. The country witnessed widespread protest in 2005, when a Danish newspaper published cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad. Muslims in the country were deeply offended and demonstrations followed. Noribru is a suburb in the northwest of the capital Copenhagen. It's a multi-ethnic community where almost one in six people does not hold a Danish passport. Like many communities in Europe with a sizable immigrant population, Norebru is a melting pot of cultures. Some individuals integrate well into Danish society. Others struggle to balance integration with maintaining their religious and cultural roots. The religious barriers has been a, a huge part of the mistrust, really. And I think being a Muslim in Denmark is probably pretty difficult. Um, not as that you can't practice your religion, but because you can. This is um, by law. So, so there is no inhibitors in, in that area. But the whole um, terrorist thing that's been going for ways of Islam has been a huge problem. And it just sows so much distrust. And, and it's, um, it, it, it's a distrust that's really difficult to overcome. Some marginalized people drift into criminality. Those who do speak of a two-tier system, with Danes on the top of the social ladder and Arabs on the bottom rungs. اللي بتتمنى انه طبعا ما يكون في ولا مسلم في الدنمارك ولا مهاجر في الدنمارك 
ومن الصحافه الدنماركيه اللي هي طبعا مسيره من ناس معينين لهم طبعا هدف معين من انهم ينشروا الاخبار محمد وحسن اللي هم مجرمين مش اخبار محمد وحسن اللي هم فعالين في المجتمع اخذوا تعليبهم والان عم يشتغلوا دايرين بالهم على شغلهم ففي تركيز على مين على المجرمين للاسف الشديد هذا بيزيد العنصريه في المجتمع الدنماركي many feeling that the, their parents were uh, subjected to uh, a persecution uh, that they now suffers uh, in the second generation or third generation um, and on top of that if they also suffers discrimination in in a european setting you learn that you are kind of a, a second class citizen because of the legislation uh, which prevents you from uh, accessing uh, the same rights as other on an equal footing. Uh, that may lead to radicalization of, of some of the youngsters, yes. Like in Stockholm, Norebro in Copenhagen has an ongoing problem with gang violence, drug dealing, and robbery. المجرمين ورجال العصابات هذا طبعا من دور مين؟ من دور الاجهزه الامنيه. فهذا يثبت انه في تقصير من الاجهزه الامنيه بتامين او بعدم السماح بوصول هذه الاسلحه لهؤلاء المجرمين ولهؤلاء الشباب ولهؤلاء العصابات. فمعناته هي منطقه هي يعني شغله امنيه احنا بنعتبرها من ايش؟ يعني مسؤوليه الاجهزه الامنيه. ولكن اللي بيصير شو هو انه اليمين المتطرف والاعلام الدنماركي بيستغلوا اجرام هؤلاء الشباب لشيطنه المسلمين كلياتهم وشيطنه المهاجرين كلياتهم وعمل يعني ايش قوانين بتحاولوا انه ايش تسكر حدود الدنمارك يعني ايش ما يدخل عليها لاجئين بالمره closing the borders would clearly have little impact on those born and raised in Denmark one such man chose to leave and fight abroad. يعني هو أنا وصغير كنت أدرس بس ما كبرت فتنة ب بأعمار الجاهلة صار الواحد يمشي مع هذا وهذا وبعد عن المدرسة صار يفوت مثلاً أنتوا بتقولوا له عصابات ومع عصابات نحن من إلا أصدقاء أنا حالياً هون وربيان مع الدنماركيين uh, 2013 who in Denmark is persuading these young men to fight in Syria? An older man, said to be a leading radical in the country, might have the answers. But when approached, he refused to answer specific questions. Wallahi, <laughs> 
هم بيكون هي أنا ب والله يا بدو أقول ناي أقول أقول ناي 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 Farid Shehadeh was born in a Palestinian refugee camp in Lebanon and arrived in Denmark in 1987, when still a teenager. He's now a community worker working closely with disaffected youths from the area. A former kickboxing champion and gang member, Shehadeh now works with young people, steering them away from criminality. في في النادي كنت في كوبنهاجن وبعد ما خلصت النادي طلعت من النادي ففجأة لصار طلاق نار علي وكلطل أنا في فخدي في من تحت وطلعت هيك الاثنين قنعين وركضت العكسي فحط الأنارية ورجع لي وبرط طرأني طرأني أربعة كلت خمسة فوعت في الأرض إجي شمال انشلت وإجي لمين كسر عضم مرتين لا أدري من أطلق النار علي ناس مقنعين إجوا مجهولين the shooting incident transformed Shekhada's life. He turned his back on gangland and devoted his energies to helping young people. He now teaches self-defense and, at the same time, shares his story. Despite Shahada's efforts, a number of young people from the area did leave Copenhagen to fight in Syria. One such man, born in Denmark, claimed to have recently returned from Syria. Men selvfølgelig, det er derfor, det giver dig lyst til at sige, okay, du kan være fri, du må gerne sælge, du vil dit datter. I sidste eneste ende, det er dem, der tjener penge på det, det er dem, der får det ind i landet, det er dem, der gør det, det er dem, der træder, de får de efter bagefter, de tager ham der, ham der, hvor han hedder Mohammed Hassan Hussein Abdi, alle de der drenge der, så tager de dem, de smider dem i fængsel. It's not just young men who travel to fight in Syria. A number of women went too. The facilitator was said to be an Arab woman who escorted the young women through Copenhagen airport. It's believed that a number of those who traveled were killed in Syria, while others remain unaccounted for. According to a source connected to fighter groups in Syria, this facilitator enjoyed protection from security authorities in Denmark, an allegation which cannot be independently verified. Dr. Jihad Samsam is a well-respected Syrian doctor who's lived with his family in Denmark for many years. Dr. Samsam's son, Ahmed, in his 20s, traveled to Syria in 2012 to join the Free Syrian Army to fight against Syrian government troops. He's in prison in Spain. Ahmed agreed to be interviewed by phone. Where are you, Ahmed? 
ادوات حربيه يعني مثلا دروع 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 ضد الرصاص ونواضير ليليه ونواضير اللي بيشوفوا كم المساحات هم لما رجعت انا من 2012 لما رجعت عداني مارك جو عندي قالوا لي نحن نحن بدنا نطلب منك بس تساعدنا هون عشان ما يصير ضربات ارهابيه بالدنمارك قلت لهم انا متفق معكم لانه انا عندي من العائله تبعيتي كمان بيستخدموا المواصلات المواصلات العامه يعني فانا عندي عندي ايضا عندي رغبه انه ما يصير هذا الشيء بالدنمارك بصراحه يعني عرفنا حتى قبل اهلي امي وابي و حكى لنا اياها بعتقد لانه كان خايف ناخذ عنه صوره غلط، انه هو كان في تعامل بينه وبين المخابرات، فهو انا متاكده انه كان خايف انه اهلي مثلا امه وابوه ولا المجتمع اللي نحن عايشين فيه ياخذوا عنه فكره انه هو خاين مثلا، وهذا هو ما كان يعني هو كان مجرد تعامل انه نابع من حبه للدنمارك ونابع من انه هو حابب يساعد الدنمارك ويستفيد بنفس الوقت ما يضر غيره لما وصلت المرحلة إنه هو حس إنه ممكن يضر نفسه ولا يضر غيره وقف التعامل لأنه طلبوا مني بال2015 طلبوا مني بشهر تقريبا شهر 6-7 إني روح انضم لداعش عشان أخترقهم ويعني ساعد المخابرات الدنماركية قلت له أنا هذا الشيء يعني داعش ما ما مهدد الدنمارك يعني داعش ما عنده ولا شيء مع الدنمارك فانا ليش لاحط حياتي بخطر وادخل اخترق منظمه خطيره وارهابيه يعني وبقدر اعرض حياتي للخطر واعرض حياه اهلي للخطر كمان ما فضلت هذاك الشيء ومن وقت هذاك من هذاك الوقت يعني قطعوا معي كل شيء For the next two years, Ahmed Samsam lived quietly in Denmark. Then, in 2017, he traveled through Copenhagen airport without incident and boarded a plane for a holiday in Spain. He was arrested near the coastal town of Malaga and charged in Spain with having links to an armed group. Twelve months later, he was sentenced to eight years in prison for joining ISIL. مسكوه باسبانيا صاروا يقولوا انه هو مع داعش، واحمد ما مع داعش، احمد ما نزل على سوريا بال 2014، الدنمارك نزلته، هي نزلته بال 2011 و2012، نزل على سوريا قعد اسبوعين اول مره او ثلاث اسابيع ورجع كانت معه صحفيه دنماركيه صورت كل شيء جوا، قعدت معه، هل هي ارهابيه مثله؟ ولا هو ارهابي وهي لا؟ ولا لانه عربي هو ارهابي وهي دنماركيه مانا ارهابيه. نزلت معه وصورت كل اللي معه بالغرفه وطلعوا لهون وبثوا البرنامج بالدنمارك وما عاقبته الدنمارك عاد الشيء، ليش هلا اسبانيا بدها تعاقبه؟ لم يتم اعتقاله ولم يتم توجيه اي تهمه الى احمد في الدنمارك من سنه 2013 الى سنه 2017 وقت غادر الى اسبانيا. 
اطلاقا بل بل كان كان عادي جدا حتى نحن عندما طلبنا من المخابرات يعطونا بكرافتلسي يعني تاكيد انه هو ليس من ليس محكوم ارهابيا ولا 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 متهم ارهابيا في الدنمارك كان الجواب نحن لا نستطيع لا نعطي تاكيد ولا نعطينا فيه احمد انفرادي لهلا سنتين ونص انفرادي تخيل انت 24 ساعه بغرفه مسكر عليك اكل قال لي الحيوانات ما بتاكله ليش؟ شو؟ ما عندهم ولا دليل ابني عمل شيء. يعني كانوا يعطوني يعطوني معلومات كيف الواحد بيكشف التجسس ضده ولا بيكشف اذا في حدا متابعه ولا وشويه تدريبات كمان بالمسدس شويه تدريبات عسكريه. هل تتهم الحكومه الدنماركيه بتجنيدك والتخلي عنك فيما بعد؟ نعم اكيد لانه لانه هن هن اللي اللي اعطوا الشيب كيف لا بقولها بالعربي هن اللي اعطوا اللي اللي حذروا مثلا اسبانيا قالوا لهم في واحد في واحد ممكن يكون ممكن ياسس خطر على على الامن تبعكم فتابعوا انتم لما بيجي لعنكم على اسبانيا فهم ظلوا متابعيني هون باسبانيا 14 نهار وما لقوا علي شيء يعني باخر نهار انا كنت مسافر أنا بتهم بالدرجة الأولى المخابرات الدنماركية. الدنماركية ولازم اللي ورط ابني يدفع الثمن مثل ما قعد ابني، لازم يدوق اللي داقوا ابني. ظلم إنه ابني أنا يضل سنتين ونص ب بانفرادي، ليش؟ Al Jazeera sought to corroborate the Samsung family's claim that Ahmed had worked for Danish intelligence. After a lengthy correspondence with different agencies, including Denmark's foreign affairs and justice ministries, the team did receive a response. It was from PET, the Danish Security and Intelligence Service. The agency refused to comment on whether or not Ahmed Samsung was sent to Syria as an agent of Danish intelligence. Offering instead a one-line reply. It read, PET cannot comment on your inquiry, since our service cannot comment on specific persons. This journey through three European countries raises as many questions as answers. Many second-generation Arab immigrants struggle in their adopted countries. Young people in deprived city suburbs can find themselves exposed to criminality or even the lure of fighting in faraway conflicts. In these poor districts where people feel marginalized by state agencies and fear the growing far-right movement, hope may be plentiful, but optimism is in short supply.